Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. So excited for today's episode because it is with such a dear, dear friend, Danette May. Now, most of you know Danette May as America's leading healthy lifestyle expert, but you probably don't know that she started with just $47 to her name and is now making multi-millions of dollars. So we talk about that. We talk about how to start from nothing by asking people for favors. We talk about how to grow your personal relationship with money and even a few parenting tips on ways that you can help your children develop a great relationship with money. We touch on so many epic things. So let's dive in and get going. All right, Danette, welcome. I am so freaking excited to have you on right now. I am excited to talk with you. I mean, anybody who has the honor to talk with you and especially about business, it's like a really epic conversation and it goes by really fast. <laughs> <laughs> These are some of our favorite conversations to have. Every time that we get together, we find ourselves talking about business and we it's like we get more and more hyper about it. We get it's like we get each other all fired up about it. <laughs> we do actually. I get full of energy when I talk business with you. I love it. Okay. Well, hopefully that'll happen here today for everybody else, all the listeners. Now, I want to start with your story because it is epic. I mean, it is like life-changing, inspiring, Danette. So tell us your story, how you went from $47 total to literally multi-multi-millions in less than four years. All right. Well, Chris heard this story because it was the first time I actually shared it each setting was at his wife's, Lori's bliss project and I my knees were knocking to share the story because it was kind of this deep secret within me and it was my time to actually share it I knew I needed to share it with these women and ever since that time which I think has been like two years ago it's given me so much to just be totally vulnerable and because I think in that sense of vulnerability you think oh am I going to be accepted or they can think I'm crazy am I weird I don't know you have all those stories and then you you blurt it and you share it and you're accepted and then it just gives you more freedom to be that much more vulnerable but really my story goes back about four years ago um and it's I got to back up even before the 47 dollars so people understand how I got to the 47 dollars but what happened is I was on cruise control as a woman, and I think a lot of us are on cruise control, and cruise control is not that your life is in massive chaos, but that you're just trying to numb out or you're just going from next step to next step. You know, you think you're living an okay life, but you're really numbing out to big discussions, big thinking around your relationships, around money, around your intuition, around anything spiritually within you, because you don't really want to face the truth life. And that was exactly what was happening with me. And while I was on this cruise control, I, I remember I was sitting in my rocking chair and I had, I was pregnant with my second child, which was a little boy. And I remember thinking he's not moving. And I was like, Oh, that's so weird. I'm like going to be, he's going to be born, you know, within weeks, like, how's this possible? And, um, I was rocking and I, you know, you get those intuitions, but of course, when you're unconscious and you've practiced and you're really good at being unconscious, you're like, oh, I'm totally being paranoid. You push it aside because you don't want to face reality. You don't want to face anything hard. So you push it aside. So I did nothing about it. 
And long story short, I came home from the hospital without a baby. And it was one of the hardest times I've ever gone through. I really was faced against what true depression is, didn't go out three months, really was unrecognizable to myself. I was this really active, outgoing person. I had taught fitness. I was like, couldn't even get out of my house. And, you know, when the bottom of the floor falls out for some people, it's like you keep falling and you keep finding a new rock bottom. And that was what hap was happening to me when you have what I love to call as a refiner's moment, which is the refiner's fire. It's like, that's how glass is made, diamonds. It's like you are going through a refiner's moment, whether you like it or not. You're getting burned. You're getting stripped away to your true self from your fake self. And I was really in it and recognizing things in my relationship that was going on that I was like trying to numb out to. And I found that my ex was doing a lot of things that I didn't really want to wake up to. I had hit my rock bottom. And one thing led to another. I found myself going to the bank. Um, I was told that everything was gone and this was done out of anger and there's no resentment experience. And actually I thank him for this experience. I went to the bank and at this time I had two little girls with me and I go and I sit down and I'm like, um, I went to go to swipe my credit card and nothing's working. I can't get any credit cards to work. What's going on? And she's like, dear, you, you have no money in any of your accounts. And I said, how is this possible? And she's like going through each one. And I'm like, what about my kid's savings screen? Because I was the type that thought I knew about money and I was saving money in the kid's savings screen every month for them to have for college or whatever down the road. And she's like, everything's wiped out. And it looks like money's been moving over into a private account for years and I was like, oh, my goodness. She's like, I'm sorry. There's nothing you can do and nothing we can do. And I was got in my car. This really profound moment because my youngest daughter, who was like two at the time, was like, mom, I'm hungry. I remember in the back, they just say that. They're always hungry. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I have no money. I'm raising these two girls on my own. I'm single. And I was still like dealing with a lot of pride, losing my son, waking up, finding all these, you know, stories within my relationship. And I was very, very prideful. I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't want to be that girl that um, had really screwed up her life or was so numb to her past that she got to this situation. So I went home and I had my oldest daughter and I was like, look in every drawer. We're going to play a game. We're going to find every amount of money and coins and pennies we can find. And we went through the couches, we went through every drawer. And I remember it was all laying on the counter and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I've got $47.63 to my name. And I have these two beautiful girls. I'm, I was starting at that time to wake up within myself as far as, you know, just calling out the truths, which were a bunch of BS in my life, but it had led me to my rock bottom. And so there I was. Fast forward to four years, so I'm sure you're probably wanting to know what I did in between, but now making multi-millions and doing what I love, I think that's even more exciting to me than the amount of money. It's that I live my passion every single day. I'm in my calling, and I'm so happy, So, and I feel very awake. I'm always working on it, but I feel so good. So there you go. That's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times you've heard that story. It literally, it makes me tear up when I hear it. I can't imagine how you felt in that moment when the credit card didn't work. You've got your two little girls. You go to the bank to find out what's going on. And you're, you don't just have no money at the time. It's literally been like siphoned out. 
Oh yeah, it would have been, and that that's also the betrayal part, right? You're like, oh my gosh, this has been going on for years. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is my reality. What do I do? <laughs> Hopefully it's a, a fantastic wake-up call for anyone out there that is kind of on, what was the term you used? Not autopilot, but... Um, cruise control. Cruise control, yeah. It's a great wake-up call just for people to, to be conscious of, of their situation at, at, at all times. I love the term you use, refiner's moment, that rock bottom, when, when you feel like it can't get any worse. That's kind of when the diamonds are created. What was the one thing that made you say, okay, I can come back from this? Like what was the the moment, the spark, the sign, what happened? Well, I don't think it happens overnight, Chris. And this is what I want everyone to listen to. If you're in that refiner's moment, or you feel like you've tried over and over and over, and you wonder if money success, because I imagine if they're listening to you, they're thinking, is money success in my future? And I see that it's happening for other people. Is it possible for me? And I have to say that it takes persistent, um, persistent mind work every single day. And so I think what happened was I was already starting to wake up. And when you start to wake up, it almost feels like can I say it? S-H-I-T is hitting the fan. Oh, yeah. That's what happens. I think it's truly a threshing ground. And you can hear about that in biblical terms. But the threshing ground is like where they're great. You know, they're threshing down the wheat to get from the wheat to the tares to the, to the healthy nutritional stuff to the really like non-nutritional stuff. I think that's the same thing as the refiner's fire. It's like you're getting stripped down to your true character and your true persistence from the part of you that likes to be fake and likes to not to show up and likes to put on airs and a facade, right? So I was already starting to wake up, which is that's why I was going through my refiner's fire in a lot of ways. It's like, oh my goodness, here comes my character. I'm coming out and I got to stay persistent. I've got these two beautiful girls. So what I did was every single day, I read a page and a half of affirmations that I had written out. And some days I read it like literally every 15 minutes. I got so radical in my work in that because I had heard that affirmations was my ticket from Tony Robbins, from a lot of different leaders that I had looked up to. I listened to them on YouTube. I'd pretend they were talking to me only. And I heard that was my ticket. So I wrote those out. I did that work. And then every day I would listen to someone inspiring every day. And I would find them randomly on podcasts or YouTubes and listen to it. Listen to one a day for sure. Danette, I love that because there, there's no excuse for people to not have the information these days. Like the internet makes everybody equally smart, I like to think, because all you have to do is Google it and the answers are there, the videos are there, the blogs are there, the vlogs are there. All you have to do is plug in and then follow through on some of the recommendations of your favorite people. I absolutely agree. And you know, Chris, I have to say because there are so many people I look up to and I, there is value in mentors and I actually feel I am a mentor at this point, but I actually truly only had $47. So I had no money and I had given away my furniture at this point. Like I was trying to just feed my kids. So I didn't have money to go get coaching, but the truth of the matter is the coaching's on YouTube. There's so much coaching for free. If you're willing to belly up and listen to it and really take it seriously, then that is your ticket, right? That your time is your ticket. It totally is. So here's a question that I've never asked you before. If you had $47 and you started to catch fire and you said, I can climb my way out of this and you turn it into this massive multimillion dollar brand, how did you first get, let's call it the seed money in the beginning to at least pay for the basics, a, a website and some of the things that you need to become a brand? Well, I didn't have any of that, so I'll tell you what I did. So I believed in the power of my mind. I believed in the power of visualization. Um, I believed in that deep in my mind. And 
also knew because of my past experience, once I was waking up, my confidence was coming, even though I was shaken, even though my reality, if you looked at my, I was literally sleeping on the floor on a mattress my parents slept on for all the whole time I was being up, you know, raised. So that was disgusting. And there was only a twin sheet on it. So half of it was exposed, like that nasty yellow flower exposure on the mattress. And I really didn't have anything. So I literally would visualize um, my dream because I think the truth is we all have a dream. And if we're willing to wake up, we all have this dream inside of us. And are we to listen to it or do we shove it aside and say, oh, that's not really possible or I can't do that or that's too big. Um, I held on to that dream. And I think that's the biggest key is holding on to that vision of that dream. And I knew I needed a partner. I needed people that actually had the skill sets that I did not have because there's no way I was going to be able to find money or ask anyone for money. No one was going to give me money. And I had way too much pride to ask for any money. So it was like, who would buy into my dream? And so what I would do is I literally would look up people that were killing it in the fitness and social media, because for me, I was like, okay, if they're really good on social media, that's what I'm not good at. And I know I want to reach millions. So I need someone who's good at social media because that's where the industry is going. So um, I was smart enough to just kind of be like, Hey, I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And I'm really good at trying to influence people to my viewpoint. So I would reach out to these random people to be like, hey, can I meet you? Can I take you to lunch? And can I, and I was in the idea to just say, hey, can, can I share my dream with you? Can I share my business idea with you? Whatever the language I thought I needed to share with them to get them to sit down with me. And of course, some of them would not, and some would. And I would share my dream and in hopes that they would be like, oh, I want, totally want to partner with you. Because I believed in my heart that they would be like, I want to partner with her. <laughs> She's got the dream. I've got the business side, the marketing side. Let's do this. So that's really where I started. Just hustling, just asking for help. Oh, totally. And finding people because I didn't know anyone. I actually didn't know anyone. So I would, there, I, how I found my business partner today, which happens to be my husband, which is a crazy story too. I feel like the universe was like, oh, you want that? Let me just give you more. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the universe has done that a lot with me these past four years, but I'm um, really breaking my paradigm of what's possible. But um yeah, like I went on Twitter wonk, which is just a way of scaling who's trending in fitness on Twitter. And I would do stuff like that. And you can do that all over online, like who's trending in Facebook or, you know, wherever. And I just did it on Twitter. And I was like, oh, this is a name. And it was right below Oxygen Magazine, his name. And it was a, a name instead of a magazine. So I was like, bingo, it's a name. I'm like, Craig Collins. Oh, he lives in Colorado. Awesome. I'm going to find him. And so I like searched for him on Facebook. I was hoping to tag his name and write him messages. And I would write and write and write to him. And I think he probably thought it was crazy. Actually, he did. But um, he was like, finally agreed. And I drove myself to Bell. There was no way to fly there. And I remember because of my previous job, I had enough um, points at the Marriott because I used to travel and they would put me up at Marriott. So I would had accumulated points and I stayed on those points in the Marriott and Vail and <laughs> met him and shared my dream. And he told me how much he cost. And I drove away totally devastated because I had no money to pay him, but there was a spark lighted and he wanted to keep that kind of business talk. He, I think he really loved my dream and he loved my passion and my willingness to drive my butt out to meet him. And then down the road, it turned into a business relationship, probably like not for a whole nother year, actually. But that's how it works. Sometimes you just have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing 
So that's how that all turned out. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, the, the universe delivered on that one. Like anyone who thinks that visualization plus hustle doesn't work is crazy because if they meet Craig, you landed like the jackpot, like the ultimate partner. I totally did. And I have so many people ask me actually like, how did you find a partner, like a marketing partner? And I'm like, literally meditation. I have nothing else to say for it. Meditation and then research, research and reaching out to them over and over and over like a squeaky wheel, like annoying reaching out. And I, that's all I did. That's all I could do. I had nothing, I had no pennies to rub together. So I had to use that part of me. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I've got, I've got to admit something to you because you mentioned it and this is one of my massive weak spots. I'm really afraid to ask for help. I feel like I'm bugging people. Were you afraid to reach out to all these people and ask for help? Or is this something that's part of your nature? No, I actually, cause like we can back up. I wouldn't ask anybody for money. I didn't want to tell anyone about my circumstances. I was a deathly grew up going, you don't ask for help. You figure it out yourself. So I, in my mind, I think I twisted it to say, I wasn't asking for help. I was asking to be a partner. I felt like I could deliver on my end. And I knew at my cellular level, I knew I could be an amazing partner. And I felt, and I would literally tell them this, like Craig was running, he was this, he was the owner of this social media agency running all these different people, some of them celebrities in his company. And I had the audacity to tell him, if you leave your company and you work with me, I guarantee you're going to make more money than you are running this agency. And you're going to have a whole lot more fun. So <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit bold. I didn't look at it as a charity. I looked at it really as like, we're both going to benefit. Let's run. It was true. It it, it, it worked out. So obviously totally it was did. true. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So let's fast forward a little bit. Um, here you are, you know, multi, multi millions and, and you guys are just killing it. You're on fire. What is your relationship with money like now? Having gone through what you went through, having, you know, had to start from $47. What's your relationship with money like right now? Well, let's just, I'm going to be really honest. It's an ongoing work for me. Um, even though um, we started our business together about four years ago, we literally, we didn't have any money. Like we literally, Craig used all his savings. I had really no savings to use. So it was just like, I'm in it. Like I just try to be really positive. <laughs> and then, um, we were growing, but we weren't really growing awesomely, but I still was like, Oh my gosh, I'm making a little bit more than I was. So I was happy with it. But as I noticed, it was a really slow climb at the beginning for sure. Definitely covering my basics and covering my needs. Not really. I mean, I felt it was, it wasn't a lot, but I was really okay with it. Cause I was living my dream and I was living my passion. But I noticed once we got to, I think it was, around I re oh I remember this okay so we got to we sat down and I was like I want to make ten thousand dollars a month and I remember that felt so big to me right like that was that was like a lot to me <laughs> and I, I was used to living off nothing so that was a lot I was like that would cover a lot of things and I remember that and I laugh at it now because wow it's like it's not even close to that now. So, right. So we're like, we're, I'm, we had that goal and I remember it just kind of felt hard to get past that. And that my, I think that is all mind, right? So it's just really working with the mind to set the goal. Now I want to do 20. And I remember we even said that, okay, we're going to do 20 now. And it's an ongoing process for me because I notice I'm hyper aware that I am the only one who stands in the way of any amount of money I make, that it's all just my belief around what is possible around money. So 
I actually try to step away from the money. I've actually been asked not to share too much about the money with me because I don't want to get in the way of it. I don't want it to get in the way of my calling. But at the same time, Craig is really holds me to the grind and says, well, you do need to be involved. And if you have to do the work, do the work. So I actually read about money almost every day and um, do mindset work around money. Like I'll say affirmations around money every single day. Ooh, okay. Ooh, okay. Books and affirmations. I love it. What's your favorite books around money? Well, the ones that really were simple for me was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And what happened with that is I actually dove into every one of his books, which I highly recommend. He's actually on my vision board. I, I think of him as my dead grandpa. <laughs> I'm crazy, but I love that man. He's truly transformed my life. So that was the first book I read of his, but I actually think all his other books and all his audios are amazing. So I would listen and listen. I'd probably listen to those all at maybe a dozen times. And that sounds crazy, but it's true. And then T. Hart, T. Harv Ecker's book, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. That's a really simple, easy read. And I really enjoyed that because it gives you mind work to do on daily. And then there was a book, and I was telling you, Chris, this earlier because I couldn't think of the name, but now I know it. It's by Wallace Waddles. And <laughs> Napoleon mentioned him as being one of his mentors. That's why I looked him up. And The Science of Getting Rich. And his book is so bold and brazen. He really needed, I needed to read it because I had this limiting belief around spirituality and the amount of money you make. Because I grew up with that blueprint of if you're really spiritual, then you're not making, you know, you don't need a lot of riches. Or the people that make a lot of money are fake or arrogant and not spiritual. That was my blueprint. So, and he full on says you are not spiritual unless you are trying to accumulate wealth because without wealth, you cannot help other people and truly helping other people is what will make you spiritual. And I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, like, okay. <laughs> and it really helped to get me past that next level. I remember I was living in Vail at the time when I read that book and it really, I think took me to that next level. I love that. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind was a big one for Lori and I too. We literally read it in bed every single night. One night I'd read aloud, the next night she'd read aloud. And as cheesy as that sounds, we would do the exercises in the book. And by doing it together, we both had like breakthroughs at the same time. And I think as a couple in business, that's really important. Oh, totally. And I think The Big Leap is a great book. Um, yeah, it just helps you to go, okay, where am I upper limiting on any area of my life. But for me, I really need to look at where am I upper, li upper limiting when it comes to wealth accumulation. And I think it's because seriously, I'll still tear up in Costco. It's no joke. It's been such a short period of time from the extreme feeling of feeling I had nothing. And just literally, I got so skinny during that time too, because I hardly ate. It was so deep in me that now when I go to Costco and my cart's full and every, you know, I'm just can buy whatever I want. I sometimes get a little teared up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember so well going to Costco because I had a business Costco card only and I was waiting for it to expire. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what can I buy? It's amazing <laughs> though. Those little reminders are so good. Oh, uh, they're so good. And I'm thankful for them because I don't want to ever forget. Actually, I really want to remember and be humble and, and just so grateful for where I'm at today. What about other people that, you know, they're stuck in their money mindset and you know, they're the ones that build the excuses that, well, that's okay. Cause she got this break or he got this break or this happened for them. How do they break through that? 
well, you have to understand you are your breakthrough, that you are the only, you can't, you're your only hero. And if you want to, that's external. That's like saying, well, that happened for them. Like I see it in weight loss all the time. You're, you're seed in money all the time. Oh, they had their break or they were connected. Oh, she got connected with Craig. That's why I had to do all the work prior to be connecting with Craig. And it literally means getting radical to read your affirmations when you don't want to read your affirmations. It means declaring those things of I'm accumulating wealth and, and screaming them and dancing them and feeling like a moron every single day when you didn't feel like it because you you heard from an expert that that's what works. So I did the work every single day and I'm telling people that I, I really would challenge anyone who says, oh, it's not possible for me or I tried and didn't work. I would say, you are not doing those simple works and I guarantee it because if you are, then you will see success. And doing the work is free. I mean, this is like the third or fourth time now in this conversation that I've heard you talk about doing the work. In the beginning, when I said, what was your first breakthrough? You said you would Google YouTube videos and you did the work. And then you talked about a mantra that you wrote and you read every single day, sometimes every 15 minutes. Then you talked about um, coaching. Then you talked about the work you had to do to meet Craig and all the other people you reached out to. That's the theme right there. Doing yeah. the work is free and there's no excuse not to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Here's something I've never asked you before, and it, it just popped in my mind because I've spent some time with your kids. They're, they're absolutely remarkable. We're in Costa Rica together. And, and not only have you raised the most amazing children, but they're now being raised with parents that are massively successful. And so my question is, how do your kids view money and success, do you think? Ooh, I think that's a brilliant question. And I ask um, my oldest this a lot because I'm really curious because she's actually seen extreme sides, right? So, and actually when she goes to, if she's going with her ex, I mean, there's still out of a job, still living in poverty, actually living with somebody right now, still after so many years. So I know that she can radically see the difference. And my mom went from this to this and I see what's still going in that direction. And I, I ask her what she, and for her, I know she knows it's work. I know she knows it's showing up in the little things every day. It's like small hinges move big doors. And that's our big motto in our family. It's like, you don't have to go beat down the door, do the small hinge moves every single day. And so um, I teach them affirmations. I teach them that it's the small thing. It's, it's the follow through on the homework or the follow through on the communications. It's those small needle point movements every single day that make the big difference. That's incredible. That's incredible. Tell, tell me something. Um, tell me a story about when you bring them to, I think it's Costa Rica and you guys gather school supplies for other children. Oh yeah. Well, we, <clears throat> we made it a point that every month we do 10% of our earnings to give back. And we really involve the girls in this because of course we could just send money off, but then we don't feel the girls are actually learning about giving back and they're not feeling it. So we've done Costa Rica where we go and get school supplies and take them to the local schools. We've gone to Bali and we went to t all the orphanages in Bali and we're actually wanting them to work on the front lines of it because it's, so much more powerful. We actually also go and buy a bunch of dog food and take it to the home, you know, the dog shelters. We've done a lot of different things because we let the girls decide and they actually like to do a lot of things with animals and nature. We've gone and planted trees. We've done clean up trash. Oh my gosh, we've done so just because that's what we do. You know, we say, okay, what are we going to do this month? And um, Costa Rica is just one of them. That's incredible. You guys are ultimate parenting inspirations. I think, you know, you know, Lori and I, you know, our story, we didn't want kids for the first eight or nine years of, of being married. And now we can't imagine not having kids. And 
I got to be honest, watching, meeting your children and, and the way that you guys involve them and raise them, that's been responsible for the 180 that, that we've done and how we view having children and, and paying it forward. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I can't wait to meet your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Okay. So you and I, you were here a couple of weeks ago. We we're hanging out in the evening, talking on the couch with Lori. And we had this conversation and going about success and, and um, momentum, just all the great stuff going on. And I asked you, I said, how much is enough? And the context I asked you it, the question in was, you know, you're responsible for employees now and it's, it's a lot of work. And I don't mean that in a negative connotation, but, you know, it's, it's sweaty being this successful. It's, there's constantly so many balls in the air. And so I said, how do you balance that? At, at what point is enough enough? And I loved your answer. Can you share it with everyone? <laughs> I think you should share it and then I'll say why I said it. Because so you, you know exactly what I said. We talked so much. So I really like to hear exactly what you heard on my end and then I'll share why. It totally shifted me. So I remember it like it was yesterday and it, it caused a big shift in me. You said, well, it's not a number because this is a calling. I'm literally just following through with what my calling is. And it blew my mind because immediately any thought about how much work it takes to make X or how much work it takes to be sick, it all goes right out the window when you do it because it's your calling and not because you're trying to hit some target. Yes. So that's actually a little different than what you would maybe hear about in some of these business money books, right? They say, have a number, you know, be really clear on when you're going to reach that number. And for me, I feel like the universe is just constantly telling me, and we can call it whatever you want to call it, universe, God, source. Um, I just say universe because it quantifies it for everyone. But it's like, I really feel that he, that this universe is like, shattering whatever I would say would be a, a goal amount, right? I believe we are all born with a calling. And I'm not saying it has to be huge. Like you have this million person list and you're, you know, you're feeding a million lives, right? But you know that there's something you're meant to do and do it well, right? And show up and be awake in doing it. Whatever that calling is, it may be a nurse, it may be a teacher, but showing up 100% despite the amount of money you're making or not making, right? You, if you feel that calling in your soul. So for me, I am operating in that calling and I feel so clear on that calling. So there is no amount. There is no amount about how much is enough because as, until that calling is complete, it's never enough. God, that's incredible. I mean, you could almost say that if you were chasing a target, you actually might be cutting yourself off halfway or a quarter way because you're so fixed on a target that you could have exceeded had you just followed your calling. Right. And I thank the universe for this because we did have a goal. We had like, it was actually in the past, um, it's been about the past five months that things have just exploded, like exploded. And we had these two-year goals of amount of money it would be and how many people we'd reach. And they literally happened in about a six-week period. And we were like, oh my gosh. And it wasn't slowing down. It wasn't like it happened and then it stopped. It was like still just pouring. And I was like, this is our sign that we have to just focus on the calling and that there's no number. There's no more, no longer a number. It's until the calling's done. And that's it. Oh, I love it. So I'm going to ask you to get uncomfortable and brag a little bit. Why is the world a better place because you've been so successful? Uh, I actually appreciate you asking this because I really took Wallace Waddles very heartedly um, about if you are abundant, you are spiritual. And I feel that we are truly helping women 
to stand in their power, to really peel back those layers to really their their divinity and to their strength and to their light. And we use it through healing foods, through healing movement and teaching them healing mindset. Basically all the things that helped empower me, helped me to wake up. I'm sharing with, you know, it's actually our list is a little over a million. So it's a million women around the world. And I want it to be 40 million around the world. I rather focus on those numbers than any you know, money that we put with dollar bills. Um, I want lives changed. And I know that we're on the start of it. And I know that it's just trickling. And it's not even if we got 10 million people that buy our programs and implement our programs. I know that it's not just those 10 that their lives are affected. It's their children. It's their husbands. It's their family members. It's the way they show up in life. And so it's it trickles and filtrates even to exponentially to all the other people around them. I love how you quantify that. Um, a friend of ours, Jim Quick, you know, he's a, he's a brain expert, and he said, "I'm not trying to chase down a billion dollars. My mission is a billion brains improved." Yep. It's so I, incredible when you quantify things that way. Yep. So we actually changed all that. We don't talk dollars. We talk people and how many have bought a program and a product and all of that. So that's it's really changed everything for us. Oh, I love it. Okay, so before I ask you the last question, where can we find you? Everyone's going to want to track track you down and find out what you're doing. Where can we find you? Well, it's really easy. Just go to DanetteMay.com. And on that site, you're just going to have, one, we send out a daily newsletter, daily information on everything health-related. I'm big into superfoods. I'm big into quick and effective workouts and mindset work. So that's probably the simplest way to find me. Or you can find me on Facebook at the Danette May. I love it. Okay, so last question, Danette, and that is, why should people be unapologetic about their own personal pursuit and desire for success and wealth? You should definitely be unapologetic about it because the more money you make, you're already a good person. You're already wanting to contribute. You already want to help other people and you deserve to have money because you're only going to do more good with that money. And I know that firsthand. The more money you make, it just gives you more opportunity to help out other people or to get creative on how you're going to shift lives. It, it, it lets you relax down into the seat a little bit into your soul when you're not thinking about the next paycheck or not having lack here. It lets you just get comfortable in that so that you can step into the seat of your your soul to share your ideas, your genius with the world. I love it. When good people make good money, they do great things. Danette, yeah. thank you so, so much for jumping on and sharing all this. I know your time is massively valuable, but I feel like everybody is going to like have these breakthroughs at the end of this 40 minutes. Uh, thank you, Chris. I love, love talking to you. Seriously. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.